You are listening to Talking Policy, an ISIS Malaysia podcast. The military coup in Myanmar in February 2021, you know, which overthrew the winners of the uh, election a short while ago, the National League of Democracy, uh, was vigorously opposed by a cross-section of Burmese society. Now, this led to the inevitable crackdown by a military whose basic instinct and whose basic training it is to, it is to violently crack down on any form of dissent. Uh, in over a year, uh, you know, thousands are now dead, with almost 10,000 thought to be in detention. And these numbers are just what international organizations are able to verify. Now, almost uh, two full years after the coup, the situation has now descended into what is essentially a civil conflict. Uh, the deposed election victors have formed a government in exile known as the NUG, the National Unity Government. Uh, and the NUG has in turn uh, legitimized the use of force for self-defense. Uh, key ethnic armed groups have taken up arms against the military-imposed central government once again. The national ceasefire plan, which took years to negotiate, is now in tatters. And while not all armed groups have joined the conflict against the Tan Mador, uh, a good number of observers, in fact, call this an all-out civil war in certain parts of the country. Now, ASEAN's efforts in trying to resolve the situation has yielded little results. There have been two to three special envoys with not much to show for it. Uh, the five-point consensus, agreed to by Senior General Ming Aung-Lain in Jakarta in April 2021, has largely been ignored by the Tatmadaw. The conflict and humanitarian costs has, in fact, gotten a lot worse. ASEAN is clearly split over how to respond to this conflict. There is very little influence that the regional grouping has with Myanmar's military rulers. Uh, they are a traditionally very insular group with little concern as to what the region thinks. And key ASEAN member states, you know, Thailand and Singapore, are wary of taking more proactive roles for a variety of reasons. Additionally, we should not forget that while the Tatmadaw might be condemned by the world in general, it is nowhere near as isolated as it once was. India, Japan, South Korea, Russia all maintain functional relations keep, and you know, some of them keep the regime uh, supplied and stocked. Among the hard decisions that ASEAN will need to make uh, is on the, are on the possibility of you know, further excluding Myanmar military officials or appointed officials from more ASEAN-related meetings and mechanisms. Uh, and they will also need to consider the prospect of formalized engagements with the NUG. But even among members who have taken a more critical stance on Myanmar, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, and the Philippines, there is further disagreement over exactly what additional pressure can be brought to bear in the face or at the risk of you know, further alienating the Tatmadaw or not gaining the support of the remaining ASEAN member states. And in the case of the Tatmadaw, like it or not, they are a stakeholder in Myanmar's future whom, you know, who, stake, who we will have to engage. There's also been much reflection on the effectiveness of the five-point consensus, with some ASEAN member states, notably led by Malaysia, calling for it to be significantly revised. Uh, there, are, there is uh, proposals for stricter KPIs for revised timelines and monitoring mechanisms that uh, need to be imposed and that Myanmar should meet, and if it does not meet, then costs should be imposed. Unfortunately, none of the key decision points have been reached 
in the ASEAN Foreign Ministers meeting or the summit this year. Some member states, perhaps even the chair, seem keen to just further kick this can down the road to Indonesia's chairmanship, which start in January 2023. The lack of progress in the FPC's implementation has led to the growing feeling in Malaysia that ASEAN must endeavour to utilise every strategic tool at its disposal, including ASEAN-led dialogue mechanisms and cooperation with its dialogue partners. This avenue has yet to be properly explored, primarily because of the diverse approaches by different stakeholders towards Myanmar and the Tatmadaw. It must be stressed, however, that if effectively coordinated, these diverse and sometimes contrasting approaches by ASEAN member states, dialogue partners and other external stakeholders could yield progress on the FPC. Let us briefly examine the prospects of ASEAN cooperation on a quick pro quo basis with China, India and the European Union on the progress of the FPC. So when we talk about China, ASEAN's partner for more than 30 years now, the scope of Beijing's interest in Myanmar have have been steadily growing over the past decades, including advancing the China-Myanmar economic corridor and several other state-owned businesses. We must realize, though, that while China quickly normalized relations with the military regime under the assumption that the Tatmadaw will eventually gain complete control over the uh, Myanmar post-coup, China's actual priority is to advance its own interests in Myanmar with a group that holds power. In an attempt to preserve Chinese investments in Myanmar, Beijing has appealed to the National Unity Government, or the NUG, to ensure that its uprising against the junta does not harm these investments. This signals that China would continue engagement with the country's shadow administration should it feel that there are threats to Chinese interests in Myanmar. In fact, it is increasingly evident that China will continue to calibrate its position based on the prevailing status quo. China's working relations with the Tatmadaw and continued engagement with the NUG bring to the table an open line of communication with all parties concerned in Myanmar, in line with the goals of the FPC. With China's push for preservation of its investments, it is well positioned to incentivize the Tatmadaw's adherence to the main provisions of the FPC. Since Myanmar's cooperation with China would require national efforts with all parties on board, this could lead to constructive dialogue among all parties. ASEAN can hence leverage China's relationship with Myanmar's stakeholders and fulfill the remit of the ASEAN chair's special envoy in the mediation of the dialogue process. It is crucial, however, that ASEAN ensures that this dialogue process remains ASEAN-led at all costs, perhaps by utilizing mechanisms such as the ASEAN-China Summit and related high-level meetings. This is to, you know, for sure preempt any possibility of Chinese leverage over ASEAN on unrelated matters, such as those related to the South China Sea. So for India, when we talk about India, this year marks 30 years of dialogue relations with ASEAN. And so New Delhi is a time-tested partner but with room to play a more pronounced role as dialogue partner. India's chosen method of outreach has been a twin-track approach that is basically carrying on diplomatic uh, engagement with Myanmar's military and at the same time pushing, albeit subtly, for the country's return to democracy. It has also focused on providing food aid and other humanitarian assistance to Myanmar, in addition to pursuing its ongoing developmental projects, including the long-pending but very famous right about now, India-Myanmar-Thailand IMT Trilateral Highway. 
It is interesting and important to note that four Indian states share a 1,600-kilometer-long border with Myanmar, and hence India cannot afford to isolate Myanmar, considering its own unique security, geopolitical interests, and of course, containment of cross-border insurgencies in Northeast India. In fact, most recently, from November 20th to 21st, the Indian Foreign Secretary Vinay Quatra made a two-day visit to Myanmar. The Indian Ministry of External Affairs stated in a press release that he met with members of the junta and discussed security and stability in the border areas, human trafficking issues where several Indian nationals have been victims, and infrastructure development. Observers also note that strategic factors appear to be driving India's greater engagement with the junta, especially fear of China and Pakistan making inroads into Myanmar. So now, India's twin-track approach is compatible with the FPC on several scores, particularly the emphasis on diplomatic engagement with the Tatmadaw. But what also stands out for India in this context is, is its potential ability to mediate between the West and the Tatmadaw, given the enhanced ties between India and US in the recent years, particularly through the Quad. New Delhi could use its position as a Quad member to encourage more streamlined and economic relief measures for Myanmar from the West, as long as the Tatmadaw works to progress the FPC. In keeping India engaged for this purpose, it would be useful if ASEAN intensifies cooperation through the Indo-Pacific Oceans Initiative, or the IPOI, which is one of New Delhi's highest strategic priorities. The special ASEAN-India Foreign Ministers meeting that took place earlier this year emphasized the need for early operalization of the IMT highway for greater regional connectivity, signaling its significance. So on that basis, India can consider setting pragmatic baseline conditions in line with the FPC to be tagged to the IMT highway, which involves more than one ASEAN member, Thailand primarily. We believe that ASEAN's deeper cooperation with India through the IPOI will encourage and incentivize New Delhi's enhanced participation in progressing the FPC. So the EU, the European Union, is another long-time partner, and this year is the 45th anniversary of ASEAN-EU relations. The EU has been a constant and consistent in, in imposing sanctions on the Tatmadaw as a vastly different approach from the rest of ASEAN's dialogue partners. Early this year, the EU adopted a fourth round of sanctions on government ministers and members of the State Administrative Council, or the SAC, and Union Election Commission, as well as high-ranking officials of the Tatmadaw. The sanctioned entities are either state-owned companies connected to the Tatmadaw or private companies closely connected to the Tatmadaw's top leadership. However, like any major transition, these sanctions are not free of exemption clauses. The EU has tagged a derogation clause with these sanctions, which still allows EU oil and gas operators remaining in Myanmar to pursue financial transactions with Myanmar oil and gas enterprise. Hence, it will take some time for the sanctions to have any real impact on the Tatmadaw's activities. The EU has welcomed the FPC as an encouraging step forward in ASEAN's efforts to resolve the current crisis in Myanmar and even appointed its ambassador to ASEAN as special envoy to Myanmar. The EU's dual approach of economic sanctions and diplomacy plus aid to address the Myanmar crisis can be leveraged on by ASEAN to progress two key elements of the FPC, which is basically providing humanitarian assistance through the ASEAN Coordinating Centre for Human Assistance, or the AHA Centre, and a visit by the Special Envoy and Delegation to meet with all parties concerned. So the EU's commitment to providing aid and the enhanced role of the EU's Special Envoy to Myanmar in pushing for constructive dialogue would incentivize this further. 
It is indeed in ASEAN's interest to work more proactively with the EU and take the lead in identifying baselines and enabler elements of the EU's approach to Myanmar to align and recalibrate its own actions targeted at advancing the FPC. The uh, crisis resulting from the coup in Myanmar has no quick or no easy solution. ASEAN uh, has to recognize its limitations and uh, figure out how we can work with its partners to better engage Myanmar and to incentivize behavior that would lead to a drawdown of the conflict. But ASEAN also needs to take very difficult decisions about uh, potentially working with multiple stakeholders in Myanmar, both in the political and humanitarian tracks. So what has Malaysia's approach been? Uh, Malaysia has generally taken a strong and proactive position, which has been especially critical of the excesses of the junta and their refusal to adhere to the five-point consensus. Uh, Former Foreign Minister Saifuddin was seen as among the most proactive of ASEAN foreign ministers, which certainly did not endear him to some of his ASEAN colleagues. And this has led to some analysis on whether Malaysia's Myanmar policy was largely shaped by Foreign Minister Saifuddin and what a post-Saifuddin cabinet would mean for Malaysia's approach to Myanmar. Now, at the time of recording, we still don't have a cabinet or a foreign minister, and it remains to be seen uh, how a coalition government of uh, Pakatan Harapan, Barisan National, uh, GPS, and JRS might shape the nuances of foreign policy in Malaysia, especially on Myanmar. But one would speculate that given the political leanings of key leaders in a, in a potential cabinet, it is unlikely that Malaysia will significantly reverse or alter its course. Uh, despite not having any significant influence in Myanmar, Malaysia remains deeply vested in any potential outcome, given the ramifications to the reputation of ASEAN uh, and to, a large, to the large number of refugees and asylum seekers that Malaysia hosts who, are overwhelmingly, who overwhelmingly come from Myanmar. Uh, I will conclude with this. I think moving forward, uh, it is important for that Malaysia's approach on Myanmar uh, to be uh, closely tied and coordinated with the incoming chair of ASEAN, which is Indonesia. Now, there is a history of close cooperation with Jakarta on Myanmar, um, with some contrasting the uh, former's role as as a bad cop to the latter's role as a good cop. But uh, working closely in coordination with Indonesia, uh, who is seen as another proactive actor in this uh, you know, when it comes to dealing with Myanmar, will be something that uh, Malaysian policymakers will likely to do moving forward. ISIS Malaysia is an autonomous research organization focusing on foreign policy, economics and nation building, innovation, and environmental studies. For more information, please visit us at www.isis.org.my.